Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news. Hello, friend. It is Angie Austin with the good news. And my good news pal, Eric Raymer, is here, radio man and PR guy. And uh, I'm laughing because I brought my mother, and I've been in TV and radio for about oh, 25 years, Eric, and she doesn't know how to put headphones on. So Mom, right. I think you have a, does, Eric, doesn't she have it flipped up wrong? Yeah, a little bit. Let me, <laughs> like this. You talk, I'll take care of it. Help my mother. I'm like, oh my gosh. Dave, I am cracking up. She's perplexed by the headphones. She's not the only one a lot. I see this happen all the time. Oh, it's really funny. Okay, so Eric and I have a good news story that, well, I should say, Dave, uh, producer Dave, you picked it out. And uh, it has to do with Valentine's Day. We wanted to play it today because even though Valentine's Day is passed, it just is really super sweet and special. And then two of my favorites, my mentor, Jim Stovall, who's lost his sight in his 20s, has written over 40 books, eight movies, uh, including The Ultimate Gift. He has a column, and it's about the new class of millionaires and how one of the largest group of new millionaires, you know what they did for a living? I, I do not know. Teachers. What? It has to do with the taking a little bit out each paycheck. Because they went on strike. And I don't huh? want to pressure you on the air, but I hope you're doing that. I know it's hard. It is hard. A I've been teeny doing it. My, bit. I actually was terrible at it until I met my wife. Yes. And then she's actually helped me. That's one of the ways I've grown the most, probably, is financially since I met her. You know, whatever, c- almost c- 15 years ago. But I've learned how to a save little, money and put a little, a little bit, bit every single Might day. Might just be your Starbucks. Can I meet your it. wife? <laughs> She's very, very savvy at it. Oh, really my good. husband told me romantically once, I probably wouldn't have married you if you weren't so good with money. Oh. Because he did not want to, he isn't it. Yeah. He didn't want to marry someone who was in debt. And so he was really going to make sure that in, I, I was a really good saver because I grew up poor and I did not. In fact, my oldest brother, one of the biggest compliments he gave me, I've got a really brainy brother. I know I have the drug addict brothers, but I have a really brainy brother who went to West Point. And, uh, he said, um, I said something about money and how I'd saved or I could afford such and such and we could do blah, 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 trip or something. He goes, you've always been good with money. Wow. He doesn't throw out compliments. But I, I did that. I started in my 20s. And by the time I left NBC 10 years later, it was a sizable amount. And that was just a little bit each week. Maybe sitting next to you will rub yeah. off. Yeah, see, yeah. when I was in my 20s, people asked me if I had secret kids nobody knew about because I never had any money. And I was always, <laughs> I was just very generous with it. You know, it's yeah. like, I, you know, I would get it and I would spend it. And it's just like it would be for in the moment or whatever. And now it's like, oh, hey, I'm actually going to be alive tomorrow. So I should probably save for right, that. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, and I think you can do it without being like, cheap you know what I mean it's, it's so funny because I just a sidebar on uh the way over here I called my son he's with his um in, with my in-laws and he said I just I'm disappointed in faith I'm like oh, are you having fun he goes yes but you know instead of doing the entree and the packaged kids meal that comes with the drink and the dessert she does a la carte and it's twice as expensive and I thought oh my gosh she's my son 
<laughs> because I'm like, is the drink included? And you know, but then we'll go on some fantastic vacation. But when we're staying like in Palm Springs or we're staying in uh, Florida at some great resort with a water park, we're not going to eat there a $300 dinner every night. Right. You know? Right. So we might have a cup of noodles and order a pizza or go over to Costco. There you know? You go. So I think there's a happy medium. Right, right. Security. Yeah, and the pizza tastes just as good from Costco as it does from the $300 resort, you know. Uh, it probably tastes better. I feel better. like a lot of people do <laughs> spend money frivolously, though, because they're trying to impress other people around them, though. That's And I think so that a lot true. of people are like, that's kind of where I've switched. It's like, instead of spending all of my money to impress other people, I do it to impress myself now. And I don't have to spend money. Like, I'm not, I don't save money because I'm broke. I save money because it's what you yeah. should do. My, my ex had a, a statement that always kind of grated a little on me. She said, I deserve it. And, and I just, I, I struggle with that whole concept of deserving. And I'm working through it because I think there are some things that, that we could see how that works. Um, but I always believe, you know, what you do, you earn, right? You, you earn what you get. And there's always room for saving and for investing in the future rather than blowing everything in the and moment. It can, and it's, it's easier than you think to save a little amount. And you speaking bet. of the impressing other people, my son, as you know, a lot of times will ask why we don't buy new cars or drive Mercedes, which we could. We could, you know. I mean, we're fairly comfortable at this point in our lives. We buy used cars because I feel like that's my kid's money maybe for college or what if somebody gets sick or, you know. Sure. So look at this. Record number of Americans late on car payments. A record 7 million Americans are three months behind on their car payments and local, local dealerships are feeling the impact. And of course, then uh, the repos come invest maybe a couple in months repo. after that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Invest in the repo companies. Well, I remember when I was a kid, I asked my, my with this neighbor up the street and they always had really cool toys, a boat motorcycles, RVs, stuff like that, right? And I remember saying, hey, Dad, how can they afford all that stuff? Like, they don't have better jobs than we do. And he's right. just like, well, they're in debt up to their eyeballs, son. They don't they don't own any of that stuff. It's just, it's all fake money that they have. And, you know, That's it's right. like only a certain amount of time that they can have all that stuff. It's interesting you say that because my son had said the same thing about someone that lives not far from us. And their, their home came up on the foreclosure auction site, mm-hmm. you know, and really had the toys and all, all the nine yards, you know. So, yeah, I, I think he's my son's learning that. So um, I, it was just interesting to hear him say today about his sister not being financially, you know. Uh, uh, Get the bundle. <laughs> Get the bundle meal, right. Okay, um, also coming up, Arlene Pellicane, and she is an author and speaker. You hear her a lot on Focus on the Family, and she wrote a book with the uh, Five Love Languages author, uh, Gary, what is his name, Smalley? Gary Smalley. Yeah, and so she is going to talk to us about getting your kids outside, how important it is to get them outside playing, not getting outside watching videos of kids playing, you know? Right, right. Yeah. That's what you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go watch a kid play outside on a video. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this uh, Valentine's Day story. Again, late, but it's good news. Sure, well, it just happened sweet. last weekend, and it was really kind of this really cool thing. These three boys in this junior high get together, and they didn't want anyone to be left out, so they bought a flower for every single girl in the school. I love this. Little boys there wanted to make sure that every girl in their school felt special on Valentine's Day. So here's what they did. They brought in enough flowers to make sure that they had one for each young lady. They wow. cleared the plan with the principal, then they showed up mm-hmm. with buckets and buckets of flowers. When I was handing out the flowers, it felt really good to like give them a flower and then see the reactions on their face of them being like, oh wow, thank you so much. 
Well, you know what? One girl told the principal she used to be afraid to come to school on Valentine's Day. She felt left out. But this year, she said she loved it because of those three sweethearts. I, I think that's so sweet. I have to say that my, um, my daughter um, is in middle school with my son, and you, you can buy cookies for 50 cents and send a note. And so uh, my son did get a cookie, and it wasn't from a girl that liked him. It said, uh, love, from your loving sister, Hope. <laughs> but I, it was kind of sweet. It is kind of sweet. you got to hide that note, though, from your friends. you got a cookie from your sister. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that, that's probably true. <laughs> I, I loved the, the story here for a couple of reasons. First of all, no girl left behind. They, they were thinking Aww, in, a, yeah. in, a, in a global perspective, yes. making sure that everybody felt attended to. Yes, like the Marines. <laughs> and then they went one step further, and they cleared it with the principal. Yeah. Uh, you know, to make sure that they were all legit on, on you know, doing their thing, which is, it's, I think that's an important piece. Uh, I like I, the thing they said at the end, too, about the girl who didn't like going to school on Valentine's Day, right. but she liked going on that yes. day because she was included. I think that's a really sweet message, and that's something that we should pay attention to, not just on Valentine's Day, but every day maybe there's somebody who's being left out for whatever reason it is, you know, whatever the social things that are in your junior high or high school or wherever you are, and maybe they can be included, too, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be. In yeah, I encourage your kids to include others. You know, to be inclusive. Uh, I, uh, this, is, this just happened, and I wanted to talk about this today uh, because uh, – how much time do I have, Dave? I wasn't got about 11 minutes. Okay. We've got plenty of time for this. Um, the, uh, so it's not good news, but I guess the good news is just watching your temper, not fighting over little things. I've told my husband there was an incident once with a parking space, and this incident I'm going to tell you about is much worse. But uh, my, my husband was going to a Cub Scout meeting in our neighborhood at the time, really nice neighborhood, uh, really, I mean, middle-class America, beautiful homes, everybody got along, community pool, sure. you know, real friendly, and the scout leader lived in our neighborhood, and so did all the kids. They went to the same little elementary school, and he must have parked a couple of inches into the neighbor's driveway. Like, I would say two to three, you know, easily could get in his three-car garage. There's plenty of room, but the neighbor just had... Like, he was infuriated that my husband had um, in any way, shape, or form blocked any inches of his driveway and came out. And Mark said he was just off his rocker furious, mm. just enraged. And so Mark said he thought about leaving his car there, but then he decided he'd move it. There were a lot of other Cub Scouts and, you know, the neighbors and blah, blah, blah. And again, I mean, I'm talking. We're talking a. Re this is a really nice neighborhood where the scoutmaster, where his house was, the block he was on, and so you wouldn't expect that kind of like rage, right? right. I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm not saying if you're poor, you have worse tempers, but I guess you worry about your neighbors thinking you're a crackpot and well, it, you're it, being like nicely asking, maybe. In the end, it takes two to fight, right? Right. Uh, you know, someone can walk away. Yeah, which uh, he did. But, but uh, he said he thought about not. Yeah, sure. And it was a, a, my husband's 6'6". Six, six, this guy was like 5'3", you know, really, and just screaming in his face at the top of his lungs. So Mark just moved the car and then went into the Cub Scout meeting. But I'll never forget that because I thought about that, how that could have gone, you know, really south. Sure. So I'm talking, um, you probably have already figured this out if you know the story about T.J. Cunningham. Sure he went to Overland High School with our friend Michelle Betts, who's not here today. And he went to University of Colorado. And he played he, a football star at both schools. Absolutely. And then 
uh, drafted by the Seahawks, and he is the Overland. Uh, is that right? Is he over? Who? Uh, Hinkley High School. Hinkley, pardon. Uh, Hinkley is where he's the principal, right, right? right? So he is the assistant principal at Hinkley High School, and uh, he is uh, in his uh, late 40s, 48, and he and a neighbor, and I was just in this neighborhood yesterday. Mm. It's a really cute little neighborhood. It's pretty new. The homes are like half a million dollars and up, um, and they're tightly packed, though. And so your space, where I parked last night to get my daughter, um, I was in front of one of these homes in this neighborhood, and it, you can only park one car in front of the house. That's how tightly packed they are. Yeah. And so these guys lived across from each other. So 48-year-old uh, T.J. Cunningham and 31-year-old Marcus Johnson. So they lived right across the street from each other, and there's been this ongoing dispute about a parking spot. Now, I'm assuming one guy's parking maybe in front of the other guy's house or something. I don't know. I'm jumping it, to conclusions. And so uh, they had been taunting each other um, via text or, you know, scrapping back and forth via text over the weekend. It and sounds like what, what happens is, you know, they start, you know, whatever happens, they come out into the yard and start yelling at each other about this situation. And then over the weekend, they took it, you know, continued to taunt each other through the text messaging. So they got each other's phone numbers. Right. right. They have, and they're neighbors, you know. So then they decided that they would meet and work it out. And they decided to meet in between Eagle Crest High School and Thunder Ridge Middle School in the lot right over there to work, work me, it out. Let me correct To you. settle it. To settle it. They didn't yes. say work it out. Sorry, they to said settle it. Settle it. And, yeah. And this is while uh, tensions were still escalating. So uh, Mr. Cunningham did not leave that parking lot. T.J. Cunningham, father of five, breadwinner for the family, assistant principal at Hinkley. Marcus Johnson called uh, 911. It was the second 911 call, uh, one reporting a shooting and then another uh, saying, hey, I shot my neighbor. We got, he assaulted me earlier. We've been arguing you know, about a parking spot or whatever. And he said, I'm going to my house a couple blocks away. You know, Meet me there. And then when the police uh, arrived, he surrendered and said the was in the car and he was arraigned today you know angie i, I share your your frustration with this story you know aurora doesn't need another shooting story the, america doesn't need another shooting story anywhere in the world and this is one of those ones that you just think goodness with a gun comes the responsibility of, of knowing how to handle that and the circumstances in which you pull it. Every law enforcement agent in the world will tell you that if you draw your gun, you intend to shoot. If you and bring it to the scene of this settlement. It, right? This is a parking situation. Should never escalate to this point. Even if it were to settle it, fisticuffs, right? Sell your house. Do I mean, really, something. I mean, seriously, if it's really that bad, we moved once because of a neighbor. I know it's a huge hassle. Yeah, b build a shed. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, figure out a way that yeah. you can make this work. It's just unbelievable to me that, and I, I, oh, gosh, this neighborhood. You know, a lot of these neighborhoods now, they make them so tightly packed, and you're not supposed to, in some cases, park on the street, well, you know. What, what we're, okay, so that leads to another question. What are the en engineers, the designers of the neighborhood thinking if there's no place to park, is yeah. it that they don't have uh, a, a driveway? There's, well, there's a little teeny driveway, yes. So there's one place on, to park. Depends on, was he living with his parents and then he had to park? How many the, cars you right. own, right? right. I, I right. know one, one family uh, that started off with having one car 
And by the time their kids graduated from high school, they all had they they had six cars. Yeah, six. I think we have five at our house. See, it, it, I mean, you've got to got to logistically yeah. think of where you're going to park that. Right, and then uh, some of the upscale neighborhoods do have spaces like where you can, you know, off to the side. I was just driving through a neighborhood the other day, and it's kind of ugly, but they have some extra parking, you know, that you can. And if you park ask, in. if you ask your neighbors, my friend went across the street and said, "Hey." You know, we've got six cars. I got, you know, the kids are, are driving to work every, you know, all different hours of the. Is it all right if we park in front of your your lawn? And the the answer was, go ahead, except on you know the the days when we have a party, and I'll let you know. And the thing is, right? You could work it out. I mean, sure. you could. How about like, hey, uh, you know, I'll give you a gift card for your family for Chick Fil A once a month. You know what I mean? Like, just figure it out because it is a it is a. I get it when you have five kids and someone always parks in front of your little teeny front yard and they're always their car is always there. Right. I could see that he'd be like, come on, park in front of your own house or whatever, you know. Uh, but I, the fact that it escalated to this point, I guess it's just to me a wake up call, especially if you're a parent. Do not put your kids in danger. Do not get yourself in a situation where you are going to leave five kids fatherless. There's a GoFundMe. If you Google GoFundMe, TJ Cunningham, they're raising money for his wife and five kids because he was the breadwinner of the family. It, it shocks the senses once again, and uh, never, never should an, uh, an argument escalate to this point. Never, especially over parking space. Right. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. All right, Arlene Pelicane and Jim Stovall coming up next. And, again, I mentioned Arlene's talking about, uh, by the way, her kids don't have cell phones, and they're in San Diego, and they are between, they're the same age as my kids about, but one is in high school. And I said, even your high schooler doesn't have a cell phone? And she said, well, hey, let's use a friend's if he needs it, or he'll go to the office and use the office phone. Mm. And she's really tried to keep them off the devices. And with kids that have devices, I see, I like them to have it on the bus, and I like it to have them a, 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 a phone to be able to call me. Sure. But they're, they're a problem. They become addicted rather quickly. There's no question about it. We live in a different culture and society. So, uh, and then Jim Stovall joining us as well, one of my personal mentors, speaks all over the world, over 40 books. He is going to tell us about how to become a millionaire through really saving one paycheck at a time. We'll be right back with the good news. The good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hello, my name is Donna. I worked for the ARC for six years and I loved every second. And I love working for the ARC. My favorite thing working for the ARC is I love everything about it. I love my managers and my coworkers. And it's just a pleasant place. And it's a place where you feel safe and loved. And they treat you like a family. The best deal I found at the ARC is I found a brand new litter box for my cat. <laughs> Call 303-238-JANE. 303-238-JANE. Or visit arcthrift.org. Please do your shopping at the ARC because you're shopping with the purpose. 
Rejuvenation on the Rocks is a cutting-edge medical facility in Greenwood Village that will have you looking and feeling your best. Roxy O'Brien transforms lives using a non-surgical revolutionary treatment called Cool Sculpting that targets, freezes, and eliminates fat cells in the areas of your body that are resistant to diet and exercise. With this non-invasive and effective procedure, you will start to see a difference fast. And the best part is that as a Good News listener, you will receive a buy three, get one free special on your Cool Sculpting package. Call Roxy at Rejuvenation on the Rocks at 720-328-9094 or go to Rejuvenation on the Rocks that's Rejuvenation on the ROX.com to start your cool sculpting package and be sure to tell Roxy that you are a good news listener to receive your special pricing deal Hey, Angie and Mike here, joined by our friend, author, speaker, Arlene Pellicane. And the topic is kids need to play outside, which seems like, oh, well, that's easy enough to do. Uh, not. And the book that we're speaking of is Arlene's book, Parents Rising. Welcome, Arlene. Yeah, this is about kicking your kids to the curb, literally, like, please go outside. You know, my husband, James, is always like, I don't understand. You know, we live in San Diego. It is not that cold. People can go outside here. And he says, where are the children? Like, why are there no children outside ever? <laughs> right? So he's like, I don't get it. So I saw this comic um, in the Wall Street Journal this week. It was so funny, Pepper and Salt. And it has this mom, and she's in the living room, and she's folding some laundry, and she's handing her child child, children, a boy and a girl, an iPad. And the caption is, here, go outside and watch a video of someone playing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I like that. It's, it's, almost, it's almost that bad, by the way. Yeah. So it is, it just encapul encapsulates in that moment what we've done. We say like, oh, let's go outside. Let's do something healthy. Let's do something face-to-face. -face. Let's do something active. And then a few minutes later, if there is a screen present, you're like, wait a minute, what happened? They're all looking at the screen again. <laughs> I, I so don't get this. And part of it is because I'm not a parent. And the other part of it is we could not wait to get out of the house Right. School, uh, Saturdays, we were truly free-range kids. And uh, none of us died. None of us got kidnapped. None of us, we had scraped knees, ripped pants, and broken glasses. Yeah. That was the worst thing that could happen. But uh, this this era, aren't, aren't parents like you afraid, though, that some neighbor will call up and go, there are children right. supervised at the playground. Yes. We need police there now. Right. Something is amiss. You know, and we as parents, you know, we have now this 24-hour news channel. We have all this around us that makes us think like, wow, our world is a very dangerous place. And yes, there are dangers in this world. And yes, something bad could happen to your child. But it's unlikely. But the news has made us feel like, oh, I'm a bad parent if I'm not watching or if they're outside. And what if some stranger comes by and all these things. So I think when your kids are obviously are a certain age or with older children, they, they can handle that. They can run right back into your house. You know, if they're in your front yard, they, they can handle that. And so it is for us as parents, I think a lot of times for us to say, it is totally okay. Like my kids are outside and that's, I'm not worried about that. That's well, going to be okay. And Arlene, you, you live in a pretty big area, San Diego, where there's a lot more traffic and, you know, um, you know, just a population. Sure. We, we are in a fairly big city too, Denver, but we've um, locked out and gotten this neighborhood where it's their ranches. And yeah. so, you know, there's tons of owls and animals and coyotes, foxes, raccoons, right. and, you know, there are deer reading in our backyard many mornings and I feed the birds 
birds every morning, big, you know, um, uh, birds that come and, you know, sit on our ledge and eat on our deck. And so with that said, you know, we, we do actually have about 15 kids in the neighborhood who ride their bikes on the horse trails and go down to the little lake that, that uh, forms in the spring and yeah. watch the owls and goof off and jump their bikes and go down to the park. Right. It's pretty, you know, small. It's maybe 50 houses. So yeah. with that said, um, uh, there are a couple of kids in that group that'll bring their phones with them. And one of the moms uh, last year said, oh, I hope they're not on the phones all summer. I said, there's no way they can be. The way that they run around together and ride their bikes, all right. they can do is glance at it and maybe have it with them to let their mom know where they are or whatever. But I would say the majority of them just go outside and get dirty and jump on the trampoline. Every house like has a trampoline, so they'll go from house to house doing that too. So we did lock out because I wanted my kid to have a childhood like my Mike was speaking about like he had where they were free range kids and they could go within the confines of the neighborhood and all of these big backyards and really, you know, explore the world. And what you're saying is very important because, A, you can make choices for your kids if you know of where to live so they can be outdoors more. But, B, it's really wherever you live, it's the habits that you have your children get used to. You know, it's those habits that when they get outside, oh, this is when we run around. This is when we're goofy. This is when we build something. This is when we have an adventure. Or the habit of, great, I'm outside, but I still have my tablet with me, so I'm just going to do this, my habit. I'm just mm-hmm. going to do it outside. Mm-hmm. And so a huge thing is just what are kids used to you know a kid might have their phone in their pocket but they're used to riding their skateboard or being on their bike and all this stuff and they're not just staring at their phone so it's really as parents instilling habits even when your kids are really young of hey we have playtime and and we don't look at screens during playtime and get them really used to that mike don't you think you guys are providing through your um mike and his wife run a children's well his wife runs a children's yeah. theater mike helps out so i think part of this mike and uh, arlene is giving them something to do <clears throat> so they don't get bored and turn to the device because when they come to our house we have a basement with that basketball game like you have like at a bar where you compete against each other and we have these scooters that <clears throat> you sit on and use your hands and yeah. they ride in circles and we have roller skates down there so they can skate we have tile so in the basement so they so skate fun. down there and then you know there's a few other games that they play and go into like all my storage areas that I don't really appreciate they're in like every closet down there because they play some not just hide and seek but other games so they go in every nook and cranny of the messy basement yeah with that said even the kids almost every one of them except my kid and two others have phones so Mm -hmm. they don't if they if they have a fun activity they will leave the phones behind yeah yeah well I, i think things like theater and and outdoor play are even more important than indoor play and having you like Angie's got a fun zone in her basement there. All that's missing is a tap uh, with beer flowing. <laughs> I'll look into that. Yeah, but, but you know what we try and do, and Donna really runs the theater. I'm I'm more of a janitorial assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I rip tickets on show day. But what we see is the difference between the kids who get up and stand on a stage or even act as an extra mm-hmm. uh, member of the chorus, their their attitude, their confidence is bolstered and their ability yeah. to interact with others is is so much different. And yeah. it's 
we've seen it change from the first time a kid auditions, maybe at, at seven or eight, to the time they kind of age out of the theater and go off to high school and college. And I, you know, we enjoy it as providing entertainment to the community, but I think you guys have identified it much more importantly as the role to help socialize kids who aren't getting it where they used to get it. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Well, he did it. Well, and Arlene, you mentioned, too, just about the whole, you know, what they need out there besides exercise, because we don't need fat kids. Let's, be, let's just be blunt about it. We don't need fat kids. And that, that they're given choices when they're out there. They have to negotiate. Like the other day yeah. when we were on our trampoline, we only allow three. And then Faith came up and said, could we have four? And I said, yeah, you can have four. But they were like, mm, seven of them. So I, uh, Faith came down and she said, okay, you know, I'm, 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 you're lucky. My mom says we can have four on the trampoline, but, you know, you two, you've had the scooters the whole time, so you come off and let these two on. And I said, well, Faith, you know, she, so they, they said, well, if we can't go now, you know, we're going to leave, you know, like manipulation, like if sure. we're not going to play if we get. So they left. The three of them left. And I said, well, Faith, two of them did, you know, two kids did say they'd wait. So you could have just kind of said, well, they get an extra turn for being good players, because what you did kind of is it was worked out, but you wanted to be Mrs. Fair, so you kind of threw a wrench in it, whereas you could have just given the, the good sports an extra turn. And I was trying to teach her about negotiating and kind of taking mm-hmm. the path of least resistance, but still giving someone a reward. She's like, but it wasn't fair. You know, she's yeah. a nine-year-old attorney and I'm going to set I love this it. right. That's and right. It, but it teaches them about negotiations, how to get along, because they get into a lot yeah. of arguments when they're playing and they learn to forgive each other and make up. That's or right. Or there's a few grudge holders that don't join in the fun anymore. It all mimics all the relationships they'll have in the future. You know, the feelings they'll have with their children and with their spouse and their boss and their coworkers. And that's all really good practice. And being on screens doesn't give you that. So, yes, I think negotiating with others, getting exercise, just having sunshine in your life, getting that good old vitamin D in. I just read in Reader's Digest recently that even having sunlight in your house is better that they compared like a house with that was, you know, the shades were always drawn and there was no sunshine, that it had more germs like growing in it. So just even in your house needs sunshine. So your kids need it too. I live in a sun globe and I love having the sunshine come in. It's like every window is open and there's nothing over it. So I agree with you there. All right, Arlene, your website? ArlenePelican.com and the book is Parents Rising. If you need that encouragement, to be the parent and get him outside. Thank you, Arlene. Thank you. I'm going outside now. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Always great talking to Arlene and one of my other favorites, uh, my mentor, Jim Stovall. And uh, Jim has written over 40 books. He has a TV studio. I think he's made eight movies now. And uh, he also, because he speaks a lot, Mike, he flies a lot. You also are a fan of the flying. And uh, Jim, if you don't mind, uh, well, let's humor Mike a little because he made a friendy on a recent flight, didn't you, Mike? I did. I ran into, uh, well, actually, it was on the train. Oh. I ran into a flight attendant who was taking a train from uh, D.C. to uh, New York City to work as a flight attendant. And I got a whole bunch of great stories about how passengers behave badly on planes. <laughs> now, when you said, is it really as bad or passengers as bad as they say, what did he say to you? It's worse. <laughs> it's so much worse. And he proceeded to, uh, I believe the correct term in Wendy Williams' word is, spill the tea. 
No, that is funny. Any anyone you want to share with us? Well, I asked, what's the biggest problem, the most frequent problem? I said, is it drunk passengers? Because we had the story of the woman who uh, unleashed an obscene tirade after she had to sit next to a child, God forbid, on a plane. So they threw her off. But he said, no, no, it's about people who don't understand that a plane is full and you can't just move because right. people always push the button. Ding. You go over and say yes. And they hold up their their like left hand point with the right hand to the person next to him as if they can't see it and say, he smells. Can I move? I have to move. And they can't do anything about it. Yeah, you can. And are you talking about the drunken jet blue lady who threw the tantrum online? Uh, that that yeah. the one that just took place, like like last week. Yeah, last week he said that that uh, that was a big deal. But he also said that his favorite personal story was the JetBlue flight attendant who had had enough of passenger bad behavior. So when he pulled into when the plane landed before they got to the terminal. The guy opened the door, triggering the air stairs, the slide, and he he slid down the, the slide, the inflatable slide, and took a bottle of wine with him and said, goodbye, bees. You know, he used that the word. legendary. And Jim Stovall, you travel with, um, you always have someone traveling with you, right? So you, ha- you sit by a friend. I do. I always sit next to a friend and, uh, you know, the little statements tell me I have flown over two million miles. So I uh, spend quite a bit of time out there. But uh, in this particular column I was talking about, I had uh, done an arena event in Vancouver and we were catching a flight clear across Canada to Toronto. And as we were getting on the plane, the pilot was standing there, and he said, wow, I was in your audience last night. He said, is there anything we can do for you on this flight? And I said, well, can I come up there where you guys are? And he said, well, not right now, but he said, after we take off, I'll send the flight attendant to get you. So they took off, and it's a big plane. And um, after a while, she comes and gets us, and we go up there, and there's a pilot and a co-pilot and a navigator. And I thought they'd be really busy doing stuff, but, uh, you know, I'm thinking Top Gun. And it was more like, uh, you know, the navigator's reading the sports page, and the other guy's playing with his phone, and I don't know what all they're doing. You know, and I said, what's going on? He said, well, everything's on autopilot for a while. And I said, is there any way I could fly the plane and he said, well, and we don't generally do that, but in a, in a couple of minutes, we're going to make a turn. And he said, if you want to, like, and he put my hand on the little knob, and he said, okay, in just a minute, and then turn it as slowly as you can. And, of course, he had his hand on my hand. So those of you who are regular airline pilots, don't worry. They don't generally let blind people fly the plane. But, you know, we made a turn, and, you know, I said, I couldn't even feel us turning. And he said, that's that's kind of what we're going for here. We don't want anybody to feel anything. And, and then it went back to autopilot. So I thought about the concept of, what can we do in our life for autopilot? I mean, you know, and, and the easiest thing is, is, is our finances. It should be, success should be on autopilot. And there's just been a new study released. Uh, it's 22 years after the Millionaire Next Door study that Dr. Tom Stanley did. And uh, this one was done, and it's called Everyday Millionaires. And they look at the top professions that are becoming self-made millionaires. Number one is engineer. Number two is a accountant but number three is fascinating it is teachers 
Teachers are the fastest, in the top three fastest growing groups of new millionaires, and it's simply because they work in school districts where they have 403Bs, and uh, they are required or they automatically have opted in to their retirement plan, and if you just leave it alone and don't mess with it, the autopilot will take over and you succeed. So, you know, if we can put our life on autopilot, whether it's our exercise, whether it's our finances, our health, anything we can do to put it on autopilot, we only have to make one great decision. If we don't put it on autopilot, we got to make numerous great decisions all day, every day. And that's where we uh, generally fall down in our humanity uh, comes into play. I love that. You know, when I worked at NBC in Los Angeles, I did that, and I I was like maybe 21, 22 when I started, so I had a a fair amount of money when I left after a decade, you know, and what am I then, you know, my early 30s? So I learned the power of that. They also did company matching back in the day. I don't know that a lot of companies, you know, do that now, but, you know, a lot of the millennials are working for the Googles and the Facebooks and, you know, Twitters and places that probably do give them incentives like that, and I think people overlook it because they want to get their Starbucks or they're this and they're that, but boy, if you gave up a Starbucks a day and saved all that money, you probably would be one of those millionaires by the end of, you know, by the time you're 65. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we offer a match at Narrative Television, and because of the kind of program, I can't require people to be in it, but we have a little meeting when they start their employment with us. And I always tell them, we like to hire smart, intelligent people here. And it's been my experience that smart, intelligent people max out our 401k, at least to the point of my match here. So you want to be an intelligent person, don't you? And I mean, they have almost no choice. I mean, you know, to to get into this and uh, because I just know how much it can do for them. It's it's an unbelievable asset and uh, and the fastest growing group of millionaires now are the 401k millionaires and that's where they come from is people that just do a little bit every month and after a while I promise you won't even miss it. Well the scary thing here Jim is as wise as that is to do that to max out to get that free money because it is free money your company's giving you you can't spend it today. You'll eventually be able to spend it. But uh, the scary reality is we now have millions of people who are three months behind in their car payments. And it's probably because they spent too much on cars today and didn't do what you're talking about. And we have, I think somebody quoted the uh, statement of 40% of us could not withstand a $1,000 surprise expenditure at home. And so that's scary to me. I'm glad you're getting the word out on this because we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, and car payments are probably the bane of our existence. Will Rogers said uh, 80 years ago, and it's still true today, America will go down in history as the only nation that will go to the poorhouse in a brand-new automobile. And that's what we're doing. And uh, because uh, cars are the most money we spend on something that's going down in value. So while you're paying interest to own it, the value's going the other way. And it's just it's a total financial train wreck. 
and uh, uh, you know most millionaires don't own new cars they buy the two and three year old cars and let somebody else take that thirty or forty percent hit right up front and uh, you know and it, and it's uh, you know it's what makes them successful successful people do successful things and uh, when we can put those on autopilot we only have to make that decision one time and set it forget it and move on to other things in your life you know i found too with buying used cars and letting somebody else take that you know up to 40 percent hit or whatever it ends up being when you buy it you know a few years old i usually do a few more than a few years but i mean a car that's a year or two old is like a new car but i find that because i have kids and i'm carpooling a lot that that other person's car at a year old looks much better than mine would have anyway and so i get a car that's really better than mine would look at a year in had i bought it brand new so i'm like yeah you know they take better care of it anyway it really will look better if i buy it from them yeah one of the young ladies that works for me just uh, wanted my advice she's buying a car and uh and I mean, it's a year old, and it's got 4,000 miles on it. Wow. And I told her, this is a brand new car. I mean, this is amazing. And it makes you think, who is the guy that bought this car? Drove it one year and only 4,000 miles, probably half a year, and decided to trade it in. I mean, I just, I don't understand the mentality of that, because every time you go onto a car lot and do a transaction, there is a big cost involved, and you need to spread that out over as long a time as you can. I agree, Michael Pelka. Yeah, I agree, too. I have a friend who buys a car every six months and turns it in. Yeah, he's nuts. But he does it. He can afford it. He's a plumber, so he's flush, you know, as oh, they say. Oh, Jim, and these jokes. I can't protect you from them. Your website now, is and Jim Stovall, S-T-O-V-A-L-L, JimStovall.com. And we have no quotes from Mike on the website. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Thank you both. Have a wonderful week. Having fun in the mountains is easy year-round with YMCA of the Rockies. Come fill your spring days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. At YMCA Estes Park Center, we love spring in the Rockies. This year, YMCA spring break activities start on March 8th. The fun never stops at the YMCA of the Rockies spring break. Get out there and enjoy some springtime hiking and activities like wildlife and ecology classes, guided hikes into Rocky Mountain National Park, or even fun and entertaining bug classes for the kids. YMCA Estes Park is the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At the YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your spring break with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures. At YMCA of the Rockies, go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to The Good News. If you like The Good News program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com AngieAustinRadio.com Just click on Contact Me. I would 
would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on Contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. Well, hello, friends. Hello. This is Producer Dave. I'm here with another opportunity to talk to our very, very good friends up at the YMCA of the Rockies. It's one of my favorite places I've ever been in my life. It is beautiful. Both locations here in Colorado are amazing. SS Park and then out um, kind of by Grand Lake, their um, Snow Mountain Ranch location out there. They're both really good. There's things to do for small children. There's things to do for the entire family. There's things to do for, you know, the more experienced children, the older generation of us. And there's something for everybody there. And one thing that YMCA really focuses on is outdoor life. And um, so they really want to focus on how many amazing things there are to do outside. That's one of my favorite parts about YMCA. And I'm sitting with Kellen today. We're talking about how great it is to go to the YMCA. Hello, Kellen. Hi. Thanks for being on the show. We really appreciate it. It's always fun talking to you. And um, we have, you know, as winter starts winding down, um, there's kind of a transition period, but it never gets boring at the YMCA. Isn't that right? That is correct. All all year round, we're offering something to do. So what's the next thing that we can start looking forward to? We're going to be planning our vacations now that winter's ending and we want to do something really fun in the spring. What's something that we can do at the YMCA? Yeah, well, we certainly love spring here at the YMC the Rockies, and so we make sure to put on some special programming um, for everyone that has uh, that block of time off to go and explore Colorado. Um, so we offer special break, special spring break programming from March 8th through April 11th here. Well, okay, so that's kind of a long period, so there's plenty of opportunities to get up there. One of my favorite parts about, too, about uh, SS Park is it's only a couple of hours away. It's not even that far. So it's like going on a vacation right here. You don't even have to go out of town, really, to go on a really awesome vacation. And um, and that, so during that time, I have a question. Be, at the YMCA and SS Park, it can be, you know, kind of muddy and cold. And is there plenty of stuff to do still? Or is how is the weather and what's it like during uh, during spring in SS Park? Yeah, of course. Um, the fortunate part of SS Park is we are kind of on that eastern slope of the mountain. So um, our snow is a little different than that western slope mud season that they're kind of famous for. So uh, we're actually a little bit drier, which is really good to get outside and go on some early spring hikes and do other activities like our spring break programming offers a lot of fun um, wildlife and mountain ecology classes where you can get out and um, we're right next to the national park so a lot of our our guided hikes and excursions go into the park. Right so all year long you have guided hikes into the park and I'll bet you that springtime when kind of everything's coming back to life is pretty amazing. Yeah and our um, we call them hike masters and they're our staff that that take our guests on the guided hikes and snowshoe walks and they're so knowledgeable about the peaks in the park and our ecology and that flora and fauna that starts to pop up in the springtime. That sounds like so much fun and you can do that I mean you probably have pretty advanced hikes so more experienced hikers but then also the whole family can go right? Correct yeah we have a variety of different activities and uh, more adventure programming to story time at the library and and 
bugs about program or programs about bugs for the little kids. Right, my kid, my two sons would love that. I'm sure they love bugs. Uh, so uh, this this is a uh, Rocky. I'm sorry, the YMCA Rocky Mountain and Estes Park. There's so many fun things to do. You can go into the park with the guided hikes. You can bring the whole family, and lodge rooms are very very affordable. Plus, they include breakfast, and uh, you can get a cabin for kind of couple families. You can get a lodge room. There's tons of stuff to do. Kelly, can you tell our listeners where they can go so that they can make sure that they can book a room and get there during the time that the activities they want to do are doing are going on? Yeah, we have plenty of cabins and lodge rooms available for our spring break uh, time period, and you can find all the information and schedules at ymcarockies.org. ymcarockies.org. Go there. It's really easy to navigate through that website. You can find your lodge room. You can book your, you you know, if you book a couple days, it gets really, really inexpensive. You can take your whole family on vacation this spring, and they won't, you, your bank account will barely even be able to tell. Thank you so much, Kellen, for being here today. And uh, as always, it's, it's been a pleasure. And everybody, get out there and go to uh, ymcarockies.org and book your lodge room today. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.